Welcome to the Gin Ignite podcast. Whether you want to party or stay in, gin will ignite. This is the weekly show coming to you on a Friday, ready for the weekend, where we go through all things gin. If you want to find more out more information, catch me on Instagram at Gin Ignite or alternatively go to the website www.ginignite.com. Welcome to the show and let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to episode 22. Today I'm talking to Kate Carney from Sip and Share. I came across Kate when she sent me a message saying, Hey Ben, I'm Kate and I run sipandshare.co.uk. I wondered if you ever fancied a collab. And yes, I did. And we finally got to have our collab, which is brilliant. We talk all about how to stand out in social media, how to stand out as a brand, sip and share, obviously. Why wouldn't we? Of course, we talk about that. And we talk all about gin in general, but more about that a little bit later. I'd just like to quickly mention hashtag nipple in a tipple and apologize most profusely that I have not done a post yet. I have seen a lot of posts out there, but I'd definitely like to see some more. So if you do get a chance to do a post, a booby post, as uh, I explained in the last episode, definitely do so. And but don't forget the hashtag hashtag nipple in a tipple. Paul at the Gin Guide, who we saw last week. It was a great time. Paul is an absolute legend in the gin industry. And I cannot wait till next year to find out all the nominees for the awards. I will be watching that closely. But thank you again to Paul for coming on last week. I really, really appreciated it. Now, if you get a chance and you're listening to this in a podcast directory, I would be most grateful if you could give me a review. I know it sounds silly, but it really does help the kind of growth of the podcast if I get reviews in a podcast directory. So if you had a chance, be most grateful if you could do that. My weekly gin recommendation this week is Mason's Dry Yorkshire Gin, the tea edition. I got given this by a friend for helping them put up their children's trampoline. So I'm not sure I would have necessarily chosen this, but I have to say it is really good. Now, I'm not sure it's for everybody necessarily, the nose is sort of a traditional London dry, maybe with a vague sort of sense of citrus. The flavour profile is kind of a lemon zest followed by citrus kind of heat, followed by juniper at the back end. It is absolutely gorgeous with a Mediterranean tonic. It would be great with a sort of light standard premium tonic. And I think it would actually work with elderflower, but it has got a very delicate flavour. It's pretty smooth, but for me personally, I'm not really sure it would work as in a dry martini. I'm not really sure it would work that well in cocktails. The only reason I say that is just because the flavour is so delicate. But my recommendation for this is definitely a very refreshing G&T, and it really is great for that. And sometimes it's nice to have something a bit different that is not quite so versatile, and you can only use it for one thing. Makes life so much easier. Anyway. Now we're joined by Kate Carney from Sip and Share. I really hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Kate has lived and breathed marketing throughout her career. In February 2019, she focused her efforts on small business and entrepreneur. She's always been a drink gin drinker and other spirits, and she started promoting this on lives. Now, I'm always amazed at business, you know, and how they sort of change their approaches. And this has been really true in lockdown. And Kate, true to form, innovated and created Sip and Share, which went live and, and the launch party on the 26th of September of this year. 
Sip and Share is a membership site which aims to showcase brands over a short period of time and provide exclusive discounts. I first came into contact with Kate when I got a message. Hey Ben, I'm Kate and I run www.sipandshare.co.uk and wondered if you ever fancied a collab. And I thought, well, why not? So um, this is our first collab, so let's find out more. Hello, Kate. This is exciting. Hi, Ben. It is. It's very exciting. <laughs> oh, what, what messages on Instagram can bring together, hey? I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm, I'm fairly <laughs> new to Instagram. I sort of really only started doing it in April, April sort of time. So, love a collab. Love a collab. Love a collab. <laughs> love a collab. <laughs> So, so your career has been sort of all about marketing and helping companies and public organisations sort of showcase their their best side. But what attracted you to marketing in the first place? So I think um, I don't even know whether I can call it an attraction. To be honest, Ben, it was <laughs> in my blood since birth. Um, <laughs> I I grew up in literally in my parents' advertising and design agency, um, painting chickens, dead chickens, my ad, uh, for. <laughs> St. Michael's, as it was, Marks and Spencer's, uh, making them look like they'd been cooked. And I remember packing boxes of Calpol for photo shoots. So my my parents have had an agency forever. So when I went to university, marketing management was something that was is is and was pretty natural to me. Sure. Um, So it's gone from there. Oh, wow. And and what sort of made you decide in, in sort of 2019, sort of specifically on sort of small business and the sort of entrepreneurial market? Yeah, so I'd had I'd had my own business since 2011. So I've had um, my own marketing and research agency for that all that time, which feels like a long time ago now. Um, and then, I, you know, I spent years traveling around the country. My husband had been traveling the world with his job. Um, and then when my nan, that sounded too sad, when my nan passed away last year, I really asked myself the question of, do I want to be driving down to Dover and working in, you know, Edinburgh and doing all these projects when I was away from the things that were really, really important to me? Sure. So that was one big angle. It really drove me to think about where I can have an impact and where I can see the impact and help those people who are business owners and starting out on their entrepreneur journey, as well as how can I be close to home? Because I've got a young family and a house that is in need of refurb. And um, how can I how can I be a bit close to the things that I love? And so that's why I made the choice to to work from home permanently and uh, take everything online and focus with small businesses. Absolutely. And, well, and when you say refurb, you know, <laughs> I, I think we have to put it into context. You know, you're pretty much ripping out most of the bottom of your house so it's a bit more perhaps than reefer but you know so it's, yeah it's, it's, quite... a, it's a project it's, yeah. a, it's a lifelong project yeah indeed <laughs> and I'm, I'm always kind of interested in in sort of asking sort of marketing professionals sort of their advice on on sort of social media so whenever i get somebody on on the show that you know sort of knows about that that kind of thing you know and you know as you said it's sort of pretty much in your blood um, yeah. If you if somebody's got an you know an Instagram account, um, what what would you say really makes them kind of stand out? So I think there's a few different ways that you can look at standing out on social media generally, and we'll, we can use Instagram as an example platform. Um, one is about being really really consistent, and whether that is consistent with uh, the the types of posts you do, physically what they look like. You know, some people have 
posts where they take a photo of themselves with a bottle of gin or just a bottle of gin and that is full of their feed and that's consistent you know what you're going to get on that feed sure through to the other end of the spectrum in terms of being consistent of consistently showing off your personality and letting the world in and that's that's i guess where i find a that makes my heart sing b that that i connect with people in that way because you're you're being it's a cheesy word right then but you're being authentic and you are just saying this is who i am this is my life it is not perfect but it connects you to people who may be potential customers on a human level it's not trying to be anything it's not and i think that is something which is actually really underrated and underused on social media the ability to be your true as they would say um and so if you're trying to create a profile that stands out you want to think about what do i want somebody to think feel no say and do now i won't go into theory right but what do you want someone to feel as a result of reading your post or seeing your picture and that when you start to ask yourself that question what how do i want someone to feel as a result of engaging with my social media posts um that that can be really strong in shaping the sort of content that you put out there and the sort of way you position yourself online um and i think being you know if you if you're looking to stand out you need to ask yourself that question first what emotional impact do i want to have on someone how do i want them to feel as a result of engaging with my posts and then it's from there that you decide the sort of content that you're going to put out that's really i mean that's really not something i've heard before you know i've heard a lot about sort of storytelling and that kind of thing but i think that's a really very very interesting way of thinking about it i must say that's got me got me thinking now i'm <laughs> So start, yeah, absolutely. Through all the tactical stuff that you need to be doing, you know, the images, the storytelling, the the quotes, the showing off a bit of the real you, uh, making yourself relatable. They're all they're all the hows. They're all how you execute your strategy. I would say in terms of your and your brand when it comes to social media. But actually, when you when you reflect, like look back at your social media feeds and ask yourself the question, how do I want someone to feel as a result of engaging with my posts? That's a really powerful question. It's a really powerful thing to ask yourself when you're thinking about marketing for your business overall. And actually, when I work with my clients, that's where we start because the how you deliver it, the types of photos you put on, the filters you use, that can all change and that will change with technology. That'll all come and go. But yeah. but how you want someone to feel is is a very powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, wow. <laughs> You kind of you kind of blown me away with that, right? Well, well done. That was a that was a great interview. Um, let's just stop there. There you go. You've you've revolutionised the internet. You know, it's brilliant. No, it is honestly. I I, I may be joking, but that is a gen, genuinely. I am, you know, fascinated by by that answer. I really am. I think it's uh, wow question it's a deep you know marketing is is not easy you know um so that sound really silly but you know posting content is easy taking pictures is easy but being consistent and being consistent with how you want someone to feel what you want someone this is another question what do you want someone to say about you behind your back that's i think when you think about how you want someone to feel and what you want them to say about you behind your back and you're really honest with those answers yeah. It makes you really think about the business you want to create, the brand you want to create through to the content you put out there. So, yeah, tips on, you know, how you should post and all that sort of stuff. There's lots of people that do that much better than me. <laughs> but but the big stuff, the, the strategic stuff that actually shapes the way 
shape the brand that you create that's the stuff that i'm interested in yeah absolutely and i think you know that's really really important you know i was going to ask you sort of what makes a good post and sort of what should you post but i think you've mm. really kind of nailed that with the the the, the feel thing so I <laughs> the think heavy thinking the stuff. heavy thinking stuff so I, I think um but i wanted to move on if i can to sort of distilleries and um mm. something i feel very passionate about is getting sort of distilleries out there and, and making sure that they are getting in front of people but how how do you think can, distilleries in particular can stand out so i think we are moving past the um or maybe we're moving, maybe moving into and through, I should say, the world whereby on Instagram in particular, you take a photo of a bottle and you put a picture of a pretty bottle. I'll give you an analogy, right? My, I had a client years ago, uh, I won't name who they were, but they were in the travel industry and they, they, they had coaches. Okay. And I talked about their social media feed and I said, you know, we need to be putting content out there that is about lifestyle stuff that shows people having a great time on a coach, having a great time in their destination you know living their lives we don't want to be taking photos of coaches because everyone knows what a coach looks like yeah. it's a coach yeah so it's n the, the way i push my clients and the advice i give whether a client or a distiller friend or anywhere in between is it's not good enough to just take a picture of a bottle we know what your bottle looks like yes we need that yes we need to show off your product 100 percent. i'm never going to say don't do it but we can't rest at that because the powerful thing for distillers is when they have the ability to communicate their personality and get across their values and what they believe in and get the customers excited about the potential, whether that's the potential of just drinking that product through to stuff that may come. Um, we're all looking now for, especially now, right, in COVID times, for connectivity and to, to, to build relationships with people. And as I always say, that's where exciting stuff happens when you build those relationships. Um, hence the hence the message to you on Instagram, right, Ben? <clears throat> well, absolutely. But I was going to say, you know, I mean that that is very interesting because I've interacted with a lot of brands and and distilleries, and it's it's amazing how some distilleries come back and go, oh yeah, you know, I'd like to talk to you about, um, you know, our, you know, I might sort of say, oh, what about this botanical, or I might say, um, you know, mm. how can I get hold of you know, you know, where, where, you know, do you stock your product or it might be just a, you know, a, 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 for example, Pitwheel Distillery, um, mm -hmm. they put a few joke posts out and I, that's how I got in touch with them. I just said, you know, I do a podcast and initially it was kind of, you know, would you like to be on it? But then I thought, well, actually I want to kind of get more involved. And we had a laugh and a joke on, on direct message and that's how I got to know them. But yeah. some distilleries, you send them a message and you get absolutely nothing back. It's a really funny one because, you know, the distillers that I speak to, some are absolutely massively up for conversation, up for exploring, up for innovating. And I say, look, I'm up for doing whatever. Like if it adds value to you, adds value to the customer, adds value to the customer, let's do it. Let's have fun. Let's explore. And I think giving them in a way, and it's like any other business, if you give them permission to show off and have personality and have edge and have a point of difference, and you can help them understand how to do that through whatever platforms they're using, then that's something that that they, and they don't just mean distillers, they as business owners struggle to do on their own. Yeah. So, if, yeah. if you can say, look, let people in, show off your videos, have some fun, be edgy, because you're not for everyone. Your brand isn't for everyone. And actually, what impresses me is when I see a distiller showing off 
you know, showing off the messy floor of their distillery and saying there's a lot of sweeping up to do while the still's running or the, or, or showing off their lines of mini stills that they're practicing on or the distillery tours that they're doing on their phone and putting on YouTube because they're letting people in. And it's back to that thing about building relationships and being authentic. We're in marketing, not sales. So we're there to build relationships with customers, show off our brand, because it's only then that exciting stuff happens. And I think we are, you know, it's no longer good enough to post a picture of a bottle and think that you've done it. And I think that probably sounds really harsh. but it's... Right. I mean, all, you know, um, we've obviously had fairly recently small gin September. And that was really interesting because the five distilleries that got involved, you really saw behind the brand. So you saw the people yeah. that ran the brand. You saw, you know, you we there was a bit of trivia. You know, they sort of started getting people to make cocktails. All that kind of thing is generating really good interaction. And, you know, I'm not sure that they would have necessarily done that by themselves. But by yeah. sort of promoting that, it, it really, it really, really worked. And, you know, uh, I, absolutely. I, so I, I and it's until I've sort of talked to quite a few people, I hadn't realized how important it was to me. You know, I, I mean, uh, you know, again, I remember um, a, a particular post by Pitwheel um, and I'm not just I just happened to be sort of uh, picking no, I on love them. the team at Pitwheel. Yeah, yeah uh, because, you know, it's something that sort of stands out. But they took a picture of their their still and sort of said, oh, this is how, you know, we're cleaning our still or something like that. But it stands out. It's it's interesting to sort of see. Now, it might, as you, you know, to what you said, it's not interesting to everybody by any mm -hmm. manner of means. But it really is, you know, to me, it's really, really interesting seeing that kind of thing because it's not it's something sort of new and 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 kind of gets you sort of behind the brand and want to buy from them if you see what I mean so absolutely so the way the way that I word this to other clients is it reinforces your credibility it shows you are who you say you are and it shows you're not a drop shipping business from China it shows you're not just just dropping this gin at someone's door and you've got no no edge and no personality no. um and I think if our you know the launch party we had on the 26th of September is anything to go by the distillers loved it and we all loved it. We had a great, we had a proper party and a great time and they got to show off. Like show us if you can and can't make cocktails, show us what we should be doing with your drinks. Get, show off your personality because I think too often business owners feel like they should be a certain way and sure. they should put a professional quote unquote front on things. And actually the personality needs to outshine um done properly right but the personality needs to outshine that much more yeah and and the, the the thing is you know what you were saying about cocktails you know if you can't make cocktails sometimes that's just as engaging absolutely that's a, you know? i won't name the i won't name the business right. i won't name the brand who didn't know how to do it and then spent the whole day practicing and then on the they smashed it but it was hilarious i was like that's part of the fun yeah absolutely. i'm rubbish at making cocktails like i can i'm rubbish they can look great they'll taste awful <laughs> so <laughs> But that's fine because not everybody can do everything. That's the point. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And so coming on to sort of um, Sip and Share, how, how was sort of Sip and Share kind of born? So I, um, <laughs> typical me fashion, so it was like, I think it was, I can't remember whether it was end of April or May. And every time I tell this story, I need to go back and check. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with May. But it was the first time that you could drive somewhere, you know, like you could actually drive an hour away from your house or something. Right. And a client, of, a marketing client of mine dropped off four bottles of gin and one bottle of vodka. She just rang me and said, are you in? 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought it's the most ironic question of 2020, but yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she said, can you taste these for me? I said, yeah. And I joked and said, should I do it on camera? And she went, why not? Um, because I'm used to doing lives and you do lives every day in my marketing as a marketing consultant with other clients. Right. Um, and, and so she dropped it off at 1130. Um, by 4.30, I had bought several URLs chosen the one um, that I was going to use. <laughs> Kate's, Kate's rates got dismissed very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, built a logo, built a website, um, you know, took Sip and Share UK of all the socials and thought, let's just give it a go. And then that, so that was a Saturday afternoon. I think I did my first, I posted some stuff that night actually. And it just started to get some traction. So I think I did a live, uh, I wasn't reviewing, I was making a gin I just had. I think it was a craft gin club delivery I'd had okay. around that time. Um, and so I just thought, this will be fun. And for me, it was never and is never about trying to be a botanical specialist, trying to be a distiller. Um, there's enough people talking about the intricacies of gin there's enough people making it and there's enough people selling it so what can i do that's the fun stuff that brings it all together sure um and then so yeah that started we started with friday night tastings then about four weeks later introduced distiller interviews then competitions then the distillery map was born out of an idea sat in the hot tub and we just went <laughs> yeah well all, where you get all the best ideas obviously all the best ideas always after gin right um, and so my husband and I went, yeah, okay, let's do that. So I, so I did that with our developer. Um, and then the membership squad was only born two weeks ago. <laughs> so it's, it's all, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a rapid journey. Yeah. Talking about sort of membership, what, how, how does sort of membership work and, and what do you sort of get as a, as you know, from the consumer side of things? Yeah. Yeah. So as a consumer, so, um, I was thinking about a way that, you know, if I'm not going to sell it, I'm not going to make it, how can I, how can I add value to all parties? Right. Sure. Um, and knowing that the distillers want to sell stock and stand out and they want to show, have a platform shop of personality and knowing that consumers who are premium craft gin or spirits generally, uh, spirit drinkers, actually want something exclusive. And that exclusivity, that special thing made to feel special is not always that money off because this is not a bargain basement situation. No. Um, so I thought, how can I, how can I do that? It's going to benefit all parties. So I spoke to a distiller, this is only three weeks ago, I had this conversation with one of my <laughs> distiller friends. And he went, I love it. I love it. And I said, yeah, I reckon there's something in that. I reckon there's something in a consumer paying a small fee, so three, three pounds, two ninety nine a month. And for that, they get exclusive offers that they can't get anywhere else on small batch spirits. So from a distiller's perspective, they they are providing the discount. They're still making way more margin than they would if it was a retailer. They're not paying any money into sip and share. And what the consumer gets is uh, offers that they can't get anywhere else on gin, vodka, rum, spirits, tonics, liqueurs, uh, products as well now. Um, so stuff they can't get anywhere else. They're in a private membership group. They get events that are exclusive to them. So like we did the launch party, got a halloween party a week on friday so the 30th of october and we've got um, a christmas party so stuff that makes you feel special and excited combined with getting to know the distillers and offers you can't get anywhere else um and that's a model that right now doesn't exist 
in the spirits world doesn't exist in the you know in the gin the gin community sure um but is a way that adds value to all parties and it's exciting they, the, the members are excited because it's about exclusivity it's about something special it's about something added value yeah absolutely and, and from the distillers side of things what you know how how does it how does it work for them obviously they give you a you know discount but how, how does it work yeah so we we feature uh, we do four distillers per month okay and we feature a distiller per week so we'll have all of the offers um most of the time all of the offers available from the beginning but then we do like we're doing the lives and the tastings and the competition so we do that but for the distillers that are as part of the membership squad plus i do all those i still got a relationship with other distillers who aren't in the membership squad but um they get featured promo uh, on the main sip and share page like they would normally and then they get they get to become members of the um, membership squad for the month that they're featured. So you've got people asking them questions. They can do live in there. We did cocktail making with Little Quaker on Friday oh, just fabulous. for the members. So they're giving the members this offer. And it's an offer, just to be clear, it's an offer that the distiller wants to give. You know, I don't turn around and say, you need to give this. My focus is on about it being exclusive. So we've got different distillers that do different things. Uh, it's because it's commercially it's got to work for them you know this is not about screwing someone over and saying how much money can you give off it's not about that it's about making the consumer feel special and giving the distiller an opportunity so um so they can get involved as much or as little as they want so as i say little quaker we did the tasting on friday we did the cocktail making we do, we've got cocktail making an interview tomorrow as well images in the group sing in the group stuff on the membership page it's as big or as little for want of a better phrase <laughs> as the distiller you know as they want it to be if they want to be passive they are welcome to be passive but i always encourage them not to be because of the whole opportunity i'm showing off um but it's it's a relationship that they i have with them and we decide together what's best for their business and and does it does it just operate for that month period the the uh, money off or do can uh, people get sort of exclusive discounts you know sort of at other periods of time yeah so there's discounts forever within the group there's off i hate the word discount but when you're talking about this sort of stuff it's a common language isn't it you know it's, it's <laughs> but it's M- money money off the normal price money off offers yeah 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 well it, it is what it is you yeah. know we're not let's pretend it's not anything anything different um so there are discounts and offers that span throughout the whole time as being a member uh, so we've just got an exclusive with lixia tonics uh today oh, wow. um yeah yeah, and what's and we've got you know thirty percent off two gins or three gins coming in different brands rather in October in November, twenty thirty percent in October, um, loads of gift sets. It's you know stuff that um, so it's con- there's lots of things constantly available, but the peak as I would call it killer discount on the killer product lasts for four weeks. Right. Okay. So because I don't want to set the expectation to the distiller that they have to give thirty percent off for x amount you know for weeks and weeks and weeks we agree a fixed length of time um and so the member gets that benefit and then we move on to another distiller it seems to work from you know from all angles as you say you're providing sort of i think you're providing value to everybody really that's the hope you know i'm not i'm not i've been doing business long enough and i'm not naive to to think that this isn't going to take time and energy and money from my end to grow um but we've got to start we've got to start somewhere haven't we and if like you say if we're doing value then yeah, but I can see it from, you know, from the, you know, one of the things that I'm passionate about is, you know, and I did a uh, an episode on it a couple of weeks ago, is trying to show people how they can get in front of, you know, 
craft gin distillers so that you know we can try and get those distilleries as much business as possible I mean, yeah. obviously, but you know it sa- sounds as though this to me is is a really good way of doing it you know in in a, in addition you know i'm i'm all for for that which is kind of you know partly why i wanted to get you on the show because it's you know i think it is very different i think this the, the other exciting um angle that the distillers have caught on to and, and every time i have a conversation with them and i mention it they go oh my god yeah is if you've got a group or a growing group of engaged target customers who you know with full confidence are there to buy product yours right so that's what this group is they are they are the target customer for the distiller so they know the price points that they're coming in at they know that it's not high volume they know that these distillers haven't got big marketing budgets and so on and so forth if as a distiller you know you are entering into a group who has that you've already segmented the mass audience on instagram you've already segmented it haven't you you've already you've already gone to know who i'm talking to and then when you then say look distillers if you guys ever want to taste test anything you want a group to name something for you you want them to get share your stuff look what i've got here i've got a group of people who are excited about new small batch brands so we've got one distiller who's launching a new gin in a few weeks who have who's turned around to me and said if i send some samples kate members in the membership squad will they give me private feedback i said i reckon so <laughs> I reckon they absolutely will snap your hand off. Who wouldn't, really? I mean, let's face it, if I get yeah. sent some gins, which, you know, happens every so often, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Of course I'm going to give you feedback. So, and, exactly. And he's also asked if we can name his new gin for him. So oh, if we can fabulous. use the membership group. So that's where this, this that's where this is really interesting because as a, from the distiller's perspective, it's not about, it's not just about taking money off your product. It's about... One of the phrase, rinsing and using that opportunity and saying, even if you're not a distiller who's featured in that month, you know, the audience know that I've got lots of relationships with distillers. We can only fit so many distillers in per month because you want to give everybody some airtime, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you have ongoing relationships. I know people that are coming up in November, December, January. We just confirmed January is actually today. Um, so it, it's it's about creating an exciting place to be for all parties. And like you said, that's where opportunities are born. That's where stuff happens. It sounds, it's, it sounds very exciting. And I think uh, <laughs> uh, something that I need to, to get involved with because I, I like the sound yeah. of it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So moving away from that just slightly, how, how did you start your journey with gin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if anybody has... Um, if anybody is, is fortunate enough to have children and certainly fortunate to have more than one, they know that the second the second child is often very different to the first, right? I think that's probably, that's a universal truth, I think I'm confident in saying. Um, and my second child drove me to gin. <laughs> so she she was born in Poppy uh, was born in 2014. And um I'd never I'd never really got into it. You know, I've been a wine drinker, Prosecco drinker started adding gin liqueurs in Prosecco and all that jazz but never really got into it and then I went on a night out my first my first uh just had a baby let me get out of the house <laughs> night out with a friend and, and I, I went full hog I drove I got the train all the way down to London to do it so I wasn't just going out in my local town where I could be wow. pulled back I, I came down south um and just before I went out my mate my, my good mate gave me a gin and tonic and I went I don't really drink gin and she was like I ain't got anything else in I was like okay fine 
Um, and she actually gave me a, a Gordon's can that was slightly warm. I mean, this is great, right? Yeah. Slightly warm, um, hadn't been in the fridge for very long. Yeah, kind of gin tonic and I went oh <laughs> okay <laughs> um but then the, that challenge to her that night was um let's get Kate drinking gin and so then it was all about gin cocktails and trying different gins just on nights out in bars in London um and so it was from there really that I then just grew as you do as a consumer don't you? as your palate grows and your palate changes and you learn and I just learned quite quickly that uh, having a few bottles of gin in was a staple staple thing to do um and then as I said it, so I've been doing it for a while I've been tasting for uh, my retail friend uh you know for some stuff that she's been creating for a little while then she dropped off the gin in lockdown and then I just thought Kate you've been posting on your personal feed about gin now for about two years taking pictures of bottles, you know, promoting it generally. Um, let's just get on with this. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, so that's how it started. Yeah, you're so right how, how it does change. I mean, I, I really notice now, you know, you sort of, I always use Gordon's as a really good sort of benchmark for, you know, this is what, uh, this is what, if, if somebody says, I don't really like gin, you, you kind of ask and you sort of say, what, what gin, you know, have you had yeah. well gordon's uh, yeah. tanqueray you know wh whatever it yeah. might be and you go have you ever tasted it neat and they're like oh no i don't think i'd like to do that and now i have tasted it neat and it takes the roof of your mouth off <laughs> you then taste a craft gin and it's it's like it's it's a whole different animal it really is it's not nothing nothing like and whenever anybody says i don't really like gin i'm like just try this and they're like Oh, that's really nice, isn't it? And that's what I love about gin. You know, that's that versatility, that fact that there is genuinely something for everybody, that that understanding of, you know, when you start to understand how it's made and the complex, you know, through the simple stuff through to the complexities and the the nuances with stuff that's really smooth and how you get a sweet start and a spicy finish and just all of the idiosyncrasies associated with it. That's what I love about that's what I love the technical side of things, but then I also love from a you know the consumer everybody likes something different and the gin market accommodates that the, the gin market caters caters for that and so there's kind of then you go a bit judgment free and you're like well you know there's something for everybody in this space yeah absolutely i totally agree with you i mean you know um you know because because there are a lot of people out there that you know i talk to um i've got a friend that i uh, walk with in in the local park with my dog rufus and and she sort of says, well, I really like a, you know, like a sweet kind of gin, you know, um, mm -hmm. and I'm like, but that's cool. That's fine. She's like, hey, yeah. but I know you run a gin podcast, you know, surely you should be saying, oh, you should be going out to the latest <laughs> craft. And I'm like, no, whatever you like is that's the most important thing. Do you yep. not do you not tap her on the shoulder and say you'll get there? <laughs> well, yeah, you'll, you'll I, do, I, I do. I do. I <laughs> do kind of say, well, maybe you should try these ones. But, you know. But yeah, uh, it, but it, 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 I I learned a long time ago. I did I did a hospitality degree, and I came out of that. And I used to be like, well, if I cook you a meal, there's salt and pepper on the table, and but if you use it, I will never speak to you again. But it has to be on the table. And then, luckily, my wife kind of brings me down to earth, and and she has done for for a number of number of years now. Um, and she sort of said, "Don't be an idiot." If they want to yeah. put salt and pepper on, that's fine. And 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 no, I, and then you sort of go, yeah. If that's what somebody wants to do, that's fine. 
uh, who, are, who are we? Who is anyone to judge anyone's exactly. taste, preferences, exactly. abilities? Absolutely. You know, that, and that's why, that's why, first of all, Sip and Share was never and will never be exclusively gin. That's why it's called Sip and Share and not Gin and Share. And trust no, me, I, I did play with this. Um, <laughs> I'm um, sure you did. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, you can imagine, can't you? Sat in the hot tub going. Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so there, there is that plethora of choice, and um, you know, your your palate does change and grow as with experience, as with anything that we experience in life. The more we experience, the more we change, the more we learn. Um, but it does, it, you know. I remember, I remember on holiday we went we went away down south um, for a few days during the summer, and the lady in the in the pub um, said, "Do you want um, pink or plain?" <laughs> I said. Um, <laughs> and in my head, I was like, "You haven't seen my living room." <laughs> I just went, um, "Plain, please." <laughs> I thought, "I don't know what I'm going to get," but I, I was too busy covered in sand and sorting the kids out to care. No, well, yeah, no, indeed, indeed. But you know, yeah, yeah. No, I, I must say, you know, oh, I fancy a gin. What do you fancy? You know, when somebody comes to me and it's just like, "Oh, you've got quite a few, haven't you?" Yeah. yeah, like don't look at you. Don't don't. Oh, they look at one shelf because we're mid house refurb, so everything's everywhere. So they look at one shelf and go, "Oh my life, you've got a lot of gin." And I kind of laugh and then cringe and say, "Come into the playroom." And it is a playroom, <laughs> but it is just covered in gin. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> oh, I definitely love to see that. Yeah. And how how do you particularly enjoy gin? Are you you know do you like a sipping gin or a G and T or a cocktail? Um. I'm an intravenous drip sort of girl. <laughs> <laughs> but in the absence of that, um, I am I'm 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 classic. I wouldn't say I'm classy, Ben, but I'd go with classic. classic. Yeah. Um, um I, I do love uh yeah, a, a a good, decent craft gin and tonic. Not always a garnish. There's some gins that I just don't have any, don't put any garnish, don't put any lime or anything with. Um uh, gin, gin and slim tonic normally. I like a liqueur. Not gonna lie, I like a, I like a good strength liqueur um, with ice sat by a fire. It's usually contextualised. <laughs> My drinking is normally contextualised in the absence of the bed and the drip. Um, I'm not a massive, I'm not a massive cocktail um, maker. Although I have got into a basil smash, a Thai basil smash recently, which oh, I nice. did love in the sunshine. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, but I, I I want it. I want to drink it faster than I make it. I spend enough time taking pictures of the things, <laughs> you know, taking pictures of what I'm Instagram. I want to get it in my mouth and drink it. Yeah, no, it does get a bit difficult. I I, I had one night where I made four in a night, and I just collapsed in a heap after number four. Yeah, but I did manage to get a photo of all of them, and they, they did make That's four it. really nice posts. But it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's there is a thing in this house that I, I it has been a running joke now for a few months that you can't drink it until I've taken a photo of it. And my husband just says, Well, I won't say what exactly what he says, but it's just hurry up. <laughs> like, okay, the, the kids want me, the dogs need me, the lighting's not right. Yeah, and I've, I've gone a bit past that now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my wife's a bit the same. She's like, Really? You've got to take a picture of it, have you? Okay. Yeah. For the gram, for the gram. For the gram, obviously, obviously. <laughs> and are there any sort of brands at the moment that kind of sort of stand out for you? That's like asking about your favourite kids, isn't it? Which is, which is the question I'm happy to answer. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a nasty question, really. 
I have, I have, um, do you know what? They're not even, I don't think they're even a brand form yet. They're kind of on their journey. So okay. completely that sounding cheesy. But I have, there are distillers that I have really good relationships with and massive respect for in terms of both what they do and their intent as how they do it. Um, so I love the guys at uh, Sorry Copper Distillery, Chris Smart. Okay, yeah. a lot of respect for yep. them. Um, there's Daisy Distillery up in the Northeast. There's loads of Northeast guys as well, actually. There, there are. There, aren't they? Loads, what's going on up there? Um, Little Quaker, I've been on the journey with Little Quakers, love those guys. Um, Lytham, I discovered, and I discovered Lytham Gin last week. I did tasting last week, two weeks ago, and then I bought the entire set. So that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad habit. And I'll tell you who I also have massive respect for brand wise um, Stockport Gin. So Stockport Gin make a good gin, and they they are just on point and attention to detail with everything. And whenever I do a review of theirs or, or, or share anything, they um they really do pay attention to detail at every touch point. So yeah, and they're they're very good at responding back because I know I've I've you know a couple of times I've mentioned them because they're very into their markets, and you know I've seen quite a few yeah. posts of oh yeah we've gone to this market, and I've sort of got back to them, and um you know they've come straight back to me and said oh thanks for that or. You know, and it's just really important to have that kind of conversation, I think. Yeah. You know, even yeah. if it's the odd the odd message back, just, you know, because you just feel in, involved, which I think is, you know, what you said about building a relationship. It's all it's all about that. Absolutely. I, you know, I've spent the morning today on the phone to two distillers, one um, Gotland Gin in Devon. OK. Um, and the other one, Lava Spirits. Um, I know Laura from Lava Spirits. Do you know Laura? I've just yeah, gone she's been, she's, for an hour. she's been on the podcast. So uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, I was very excited for then. Um, so and you know, I was chatting to chatting to Gotland Gin, and we were talking about some stuff we could do. And I said, look, the most important thing here is that we know who each other are. We get you on the distillery map if that's what you want to do. Um, and let's just see where things take us. Let's just stay in each other's circles. Let's just form friendships. And that's when stuff happens. And I don't think, you know, the, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people talking about gin, right? There's a lot of people taking photos of gin. And I always want to say to the distiller, you, you know, this is a business. You run a business. So this is about looking at, from your business perspective, where you uh, are going to get bang for your buck, return investment, where, and building relationships with somebody that you think is worth building relationship with and only the distiller only the distiller can make that choice oh you know they are business owners um and anybody that says them you know it's their choice how they work and run their business and so um it starts with like you said it starts with having a conversation and just seeing where it goes yeah but, but it's important to have that conversation and if you kind of get blanked you kind of feel as a consumer sometimes you know it doesn't have, and it, the worst thing is it doesn't have to be much, you know, it just has to be, oh, hello, how are you? Or, you know, it, it, it really doesn't. But if you kind of just post something or, or direct message somebody and you don't get anything back, it does, you know, mar the brand a little bit from my perspective as a consumer. I think that depends on where, I think it also depends where the distiller is at in their business and where sure. they're at on their journey. Because, you know, one thing we can't take for granted is just like any business owner, I, I get hundreds of emails every day hundreds of messages from people that want to chat or give me cost give them costs for things or explore and you can't get back to everybody so it depends where they're at in their journey and actually some people aren't ready some people aren't ready to have a conversation they're not ready to there's people I've spoken to who have said uh, who I've suggested doing a live and they've gone oh my goodness no way I can't and 
for lots of different reasons. And no matter how much I say, you know, how valuable it is as a business owner to put your brand out there, they've got their own reasons. So I think, sure. yes, engaging with consumers and engaging with people in this world is really important. But but the distiller has to do it when the time is right for them. And, you know, they're going to get in, be getting messages left, right and centre, aren't they? Because there's a lot of people talking about you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, absolutely. No, I, I guess I guess it, I, I've been I've been more surprised the bigger brands that I haven't had stuff back from that I know presumably have a fairly large social media team and you just get nothing yeah yeah well, and that's why this the, usually the smaller brands who are run by the business owner who is doing a million different things um they you know the messages i tend to get are i've seen i've seen this post or i've seen that someone's tagged you and i in something together or i've seen you on social media i'm so sorry i've not been in touch and i've gone that's okay you don't have to apologize <laughs> you have a busy life i have a busy life um but you know where conversation makes the world go round, doesn't it? And if, it, if you can have one, then that, as you say, that's where opportunities opportunities come from. Yeah, definitely. Full respect to small business owners. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. It's well, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard journey. Indeed. Uh, and um, so where 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 is next for sip and share? Where do you see sort of see things going? I think the the yeah yeah but you sound like my husband ben what uh. is actually happening here <laughs> um, um the 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 growth for sip and share from a you know brand perspective it's about being consistently visible and so continuing to do the lives continuing to do stuff like this and relationships with distillers product wise um it's both in the membership base the membership sure. base and my relationship with distillers to enable that to move forward and it's a bit like a buying cooperative right the more members we have the more good we can do for the sellers the more visibility and the more stuff we can do for charity which is something I'm really passionate about doing um and then and then the expansion outside of gin so we had um this month in October we've got Hog Norton Fruit Liqueurs as our first non uh, so it's still a drink product but our first non-gin product um we've got there's an offer with Little Quaker on their rum as well we've got Hogmore with vodka so it's just about bringing those other spirits to the forefront um which will happen over the next i would say over the next six months that will start to happen sure but the focus is going to be on um the membership because the distillers need to see it need to see it growing yeah you know, oh, that's absolutely. the way it's going to work yeah no yeah absolutely absolutely and, and then no more ideas from me for a little while i need to i need to sit down in a dark room with a gin and tonic and just focus on what i'm doing <laughs> Well, I don't, you know, I don't see that as being such a bad thing, really. So uh, no, 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 oh god, no one talking to me then in silence, and no children, no dogs. Thank heaven. <laughs> and what's the sort of best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, well, I did the thing that everyone should do with social media, which is make all of their handles and URL consistent. So at Sit and Share UK on everywhere, and probably unsurprisingly, the website is sipandshare.co.uk. Nice and easy. I yeah, I do think that's, easy, it, yeah. it's very important to do that. I must say, saves a lot, saves a lot of copy and pasting. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's been a, it's been a, an amazing chat, and a, but I have two questions before you go, uh, which oh, I always God. like to ask people that come onto the podcast. So, what is your favourite gin, and how would you serve it? Right. This is the hardest question ever, and I ask people, but I never ever answer it. If I'm going to, uh, I can always feel distillers looking at me going, how dare you? Um, there is a gin that I always forget how much I like. 
Like, okay. You know that gin that you have, you forget how much you like it. And then when I have it again, I go, oh, I love you. And I'd forgotten how much I love you. And I don't add a garnish and I don't even have to add anything. I just drink it. <laughs> and it it is the Daisy Distillery original for so the Cleveland way gin. Oh, okay. Um, I don't add any, uh, obviously just ice, ice and skinny tonic. Um, no lime, no orange, no nothing. So that is the that is probably the gin. I mean, I've got a long list then, as I'm sure you have, of yep. like top gins. But my in my top three, classic, drink it. You know what you're gonna get. You know you're always gonna enjoy it, and it's a bit no, you don't need to fuss about it. The um, yeah, that one, and I just have it with ice and tonic. That's it. Yeah, I think it also changes over time, doesn't it? I mean, I know. Yeah, mine, mine absolutely. always used to be sure. Whitley Neal Quince gin, which I particularly like. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. I think I think possibly I'd have to go for something like Brockman's now because I've recently got yeah. into that. So yeah, Brockman's is a good. There's a gin. Um, oh god, which gin do I drink that's just like Brockman's? Oh, it's gonna annoy me. Oh, there's loads. There's I love a I love a gin that's got a slightly sweeter, almost citrusy start, and then a real spicy kick punch as well yeah uh, finished. i've been tasting a lot of the originals or signature gins from distillers recently that are like that um but i've got to tell you quickly one of my favorite moments of drinking gin was when i got kicked off the staff holiday park this year with my six-year-old um because i smuggled i don't know if i should confess this actually well, i smuggled not. a oh yeah an anno 60 squared and i didn't know it was a gin swap from one of my group and i didn't know it was 60 60 percent and I drank a double on stage with my daughter and we got kicked off to, to let the giant um, um, rabbit and the giant <laughs> squirrel come on and do a show. But the lady that kicked us off, I was just drinking it with um, ice and like the world's smallest dash of tonic thinking, this is a great gin swap. Um, yeah, because it was 60% Kate and it wasn't labelled. <laughs> I do it on stage at Holiday Park. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, that's so, yeah. a classic. Contextualized drinking. Yeah. Contextualized drinking. Yeah. Uh, well, indeed. Well, you, as you say, you like to contextualize things, so you know that's it, it's do. important. Yeah, absolutely. It is important. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it is amazing. I must say, uh, I, the Pit Wheel Original Spice that's very, very nice as well. And and I've uh, not mine yet. I've got uh, it. I've got it still. Yeah, and the and the uh, I don't know if you come across the Edge as well. Their orange, orange gin and their pear gin are lovely. So, uh, oh, I've not drank. Uh, I've not tried the Edge. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, yeah. Um, you definitely need to try them. Are, uh, oh, that's the problem, though, isn't it? This I know. Is the problem, you Honestly, see? my list gets longer and longer. <laughs> exactly. Now I've got now now I've got to add Daisy Gin to the end of that list, and it's just I like can give you a very long list. Yeah, <laughs> I, I trust me when I say uh, there's lots of names written down here that I haven't talked about, but um, I'll tell them I was thinking of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and finally, what does gin mean to you? Fun. Okay. It means fun. It means it means it means that thing about something for everyone. That thing about it's a spirit that can that that because it has such a spectrum because you've got the the kind of classic gin drinkers who will only drink that. You've got the new gin liqueurs, you've got um, fruity, you've got pink. It, the, there is a spectrum that every, there's something on the spectrum that everybody can enjoy. And I think for me, it, it shows versatility. It shows that you can, it, it is something that because something for everybody, it can bring people together. You know, it's not, it's not, um, it doesn't, it doesn't eliminate people. So if you think like whiskey, generally people like whiskey or don't like whiskey. This is kind of a little bit more black and white. No, I, I but agree. But for yeah. me, 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. For me, gin has that spectrum and it has that, and there's room in the market for innovation and different things. And I think that, that fun and that excitement, there's not enough of that in the spirits in my opinion in the spirits world and so if sip and share can bring a bit of that knowing that, that there is that plethora of um spirits that there's enough people making it and selling it for people to enjoy then i think bringing a bit of fun to this is a uh, is the way i see my role no <laughs> oh, absolutely and it's such a, a great way to to end i have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and uh, i wish you yeah, all the, i wish you all the luck with sip and share Thank you so much. It's really nice to speak to you too. Well, my big thanks to Kate. Uh, I had such a, a lovely time talking to you. It's so interesting and refreshing to hear your perspective, not only about sort of general social media, but also about sip and share. And I wish you all the best with that. My Instagram shout out this week is Holly from at memoirs underscore of underscore a underscore cocktail underscore girl underscore. Wow, that's got so many underscores. And it's not surprising in my IGTV video that I did, I wasn't able to put all those underscores in because there really is quite a lot in there. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast and my Instagram account at GinIgnite. The presentation and production of your posts are amazing. I love the way you style them, the props you use, the kind of colours. I really loved your Viper Gin Win post. Uh, I love the sort of dried lemons, the sort of glasses you sort of showcased, the actual two miniatures you won. I love the fact it was on a wooden top. It kind of, it all really, really worked. I also really loved your raspberry rose cocktail. Not sure it's necessarily a cocktail that would appeal to me because I'm not really into cocktails with cream, but it just looks so amazing with those sort of flower petals on it. And I love the fact that you had the two gins in there, the sort of aviator gin and the Liverpool rose gin. I also really like your Malfi lemon gin post with the Artisan Drinks Co. Argave Lemon Tonic. Oh, that's a bit of a mouthful. Just looked really nice. And I must say, um, I've very recently seen a uh, Malfi post and I really must try some Malfi because I've heard a lot of really good things about them. It just seems to, that the whole sort of brand seems to sort of stand out all the time. I also love the fact that you admit to occasionally cheating on gin how dare you how very dare you cheating on gin but you know we all do it and uh, you know i think it's it's really great that you kind of admit that i think you produce some great content and i, I really love the consistency of your feed i would love to hear from you if you want to get in touch at gin ignite on instagram or twitter also you can get in touch via email if you so desire and that is on gin.gossip at ginignite.com or if you've got ideas for the podcast, obviously you can DM me either Instagram or Twitter. But you can also email me if you want to do so at podcast.ideas at ginignite.com. The thing that I like about the gin community that I've met so far is that nobody judges anyone for what they believe, what they look like or who they choose to be. The world would be a better place if everyone took that view. Grab your drink toast those you love enjoy your weekend and whether you decide to party or stay in i will be with you in spirit seriously though enjoy your weekend and i look forward to joining you for another episode next friday cheers Cheers.